Let's do this. Blaine and Mickey on a Monday. The hitman is, uh, I don't know if he's eating pumpkin pie already, but I think his Thanksgiving festivities have started, so he's getting some much-needed time off. So what do we do? We go to the bullpen. Alex Apple is always there. Uh, so Blaine is our director of content. He's our uh, groin expert on the show. He's the director of Abductus uh, lung, uh, Lungus Awareness. Uh, he has several titles. I think you're going to be our, since you're a basketball coach, you can be the show's basketball coach, okay. among other things, among okay. our right-handed reliever. <laughs> Are you right or left-handed? I'm left-handed. Okay, then you'll be our left-handed reliever. Yeah. Even more valuable. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Everything my contract here. So, we, and Lucas is our linguist on the show. Everybody has a title. I really don't have a title. I don't know what I do. Really nothing, if you ask people on the internet. You're the bus driver. The bus driver. Okay. That's, <laughs> Drive the bus. That's fantastic. So, right. left-handed relief pitcher, uh, basketball coach, uh, extraordinaire. Alex Apple joins us. What's going on, man? Yeah, that, I mean, if that works, if a, a baseball game, a little t-ball game breaks out, I, I can certainly pitch a little bit. You know, Blaine knows how to cha- how to plan his days off. This is a good one to miss, right? Yeah. After the stinker <laughs> the Titans put out there yesterday, not quite as joyous as a victory Monday. I don't know if you've got a, a term for um, sadness Monday, uh, fall on your face Monday. Oh, not so good yesterday. Turnover Monday, rainy. Uh, I, let me ask you this. And for people who don't know Alex, uh, lifetime Middle Tennessee resident, former Fox 17 news anchor, uh, longtime TV anchor reporter guy. But literally, you grew up going to Titans games. Right. You, you grew up as a – you had season tickets. Family still has season tickets, so you yeah. don't miss Titans S- games. Suffered it out yesterday. I said this on the postgame show, and I'm curious. We've got open phone lines in the first hour, 615-737-1045. This is as true a statement as you'll ever hear me say. The previous six weeks, they had played like what the Jaguars and five playoff teams. And those five weeks, I had less people tell me, I think they're going to lose on Sunday than I did all of those weeks combined than I did this week leading up to the Texans game. I had so many people say, same old Titans, they'll find a way to lose to the Texans. And I was like, well, you know, they're beat up. And they're, they said, it doesn't matter. I got so many people telling me, same old Titans. And then that became a narrative on the call-in show last night after the game. It was a narrative on social media. People sent me Facebook messages, say, I told you so. Every time they seem to play up or down to the level of who they play. I think I might have told you that I I was really worried about that game. I I mean, Mickey, I think it honestly just boils down to they don't have a ton of guys left. Yeah. The roster that they ran out there yesterday is they probably still should have won the game. They turned it over five times, outgained them by 230 yards. Probably still should have won the game. You know, play here, play there. It really came down to the turnover and the Chester Rogers. Um fumble on the punt that that the ball hits him was just killer. You have to go five yards for a touchdown. They don't have a ton of guys left. I texted you and Lucas last night. I was drawing up the depth chart because I wanted to kind of visualize it, and I just was right now, you know, like who at the beginning of the year they wanted to start and now what they're down left. By my, you know, uh, this is sort of an unofficial count because I'm not counting kind of the also-rans that are also on the IR, like, you know, there's a B.J. Bello and three other guys that most fans couldn't name, but they're without 20 guys. The Titans minus 20 contributors is a roster that's probably not that far off from the Texans. Yeah. Do you disagree with that? No. I mean, so it's not a, it's not as if we feel like they came out and, and gave a bad effort. They did fight till the end. I'll give them credit for that in a horrible, miserable uh, environment to play in. But I, I don't know that I'm all that upset other than that I'm worried that injuries are going to derail for a group of guys what could be a special season for them. I hope that doesn't happen, but it seems like we're getting awfully close. 
It's almost comical. We can't go an hour. Somebody's going to stub their toe over at the facility to, to this afternoon and show up on the injury report. We didn't even know they were hurt. I mean, it's, it's getting to that point. Yeah, the list that you sent was pretty amazing. I, I was trying to have this discussion with, with, with somebody just about how things finished yesterday. And you really hit the nail on the head. Of, and, and you've got – it's a very well-done graphic. It is uh, not PowerPoint. It's not uh, anything like that. It's, Old school it, handwritten. It's, it's ink on paper, which I like. That's all I know how to do. But I said it's almost like they've run this marathon over these last six weeks. And it was up a hill and down a hill. And they had to climb over this and that. And they fell down and bloodied their knee. And then this terrible things happened. And then they got – basically 100 yards to the finish line, and it was as flat as a pancake. But what had happened for the previous 26 and, you know, one-tenth mile just completely sapped them of all that they had left. Your feet, their feet were bleeding so bad they couldn't cross the finish couldn't line. Couldn't cross the finish line against the Texans. I mean, they had – and I think the biggest thing yesterday, and this is no excuse for Ryan Tannehill, you've got a great stat that I hope you'll give people about when he has to throw 40 times, it doesn't go well very well for him. You found out what his record was in the 25 games he's played in his career where he's had to throw it 40 times. But you've got out there Nick Westbrook-Akina, Chester Rogers, Des Fitzpatrick uh, as your three wide receivers, and then Ferkser, who's really your backup tight end at this point, yeah. right? Swaim is kind of the guy, I think. Uh there wasn't a level of trust or ability to execute where even if they had the physical gift to get open and separate and make a play, that Ryan Danahill could count on them to say they're definitely going to be in the right spot. Chester Rogers, maybe, yeah. and Westbrook Aquino, maybe. But half these throws were going to Des Fitzpatrick, no fault of his own. He's been on the practice squad, probably not getting a ton of reps the entire season. No A.J. Brown at the end, no Batson, no Racy McMath, no Julio, no Marcus Johnson. There were about five guys right there. Yeah, Marcus Johnson grabbing his leg early on a non-contact play, trying to get a little bit of leverage in the end zone. The way he grabbed his leg, like guys grab their leg when a hammy. Mm -hmm. This has been an unbelievable hamstring epidemic on this team. I mean, there, there are so many hamstrings on the injury report each week. That's what sideline Julio. That's certainly what got Marcus on that play unless I, I know nothing about watching guys grab their legs for, you know, all the years I've watched football. But he that thing appeared to take him up, and he hopped in the end zone. You knew he was done. So last week we saw Marcus Johnson. So Nick Westbrook-Akina, again, stepped up and played as well as he could possibly play. He was really the star receiver for this team yesterday. But it's going to be hard to win a bunch of games if he's your star receiver. You know who they really miss? And I've watched the Patriots. I'm actually going to the Patriots game this weekend. My wife is a huge Patriots fan. Grew up. I'm looking forward to it, although I'm not sure how the Titans are going to score very much on them. Yeah. Um, I wish they were 9-2. and two. I'd feel a lot better about taking the expense to go up there. But, um, And I lost my train of thought. Um, who they really need. That's Oh, who they've really missed. Yes. Johnny Smith. Yeah. You know, that sort of athleticism at tight end is just something that they don't currently possess. So they came in with Julio and A.J. Brown, and then really a lot of question marks after that. That's not to say that Chester Rogers and even, you know, Nick Westbrook-Akina aren't capable in an offense that surrounds them with other people where they are not the marquee guy. But, I mean, you know, I'm not making excuses for them. I think they still could have won. The defense was good enough to win. The Texans weren't going anywhere. The difference in the game was probably Tyrod Taylor's ability to scramble, like Vrabel seemed to suggest as much today in the sure postgame press conference. Um, 190 yards to 420, I think it was. Mm -hmm. You don't lose very much when you, when you outgain them by 230 yards, but you can't turn the ball over. And I, I would love to hear a real honest assessment from 
Ryan Tannehill or Coach Frable or somebody will never get it because they're going to protect one another. They're not going to call out their teammates of whose fault some of those interceptions were, but it just didn't seem like it was in sync. I mean, one or two of them, bad plays by Ryan Tannehill, no question about it. The other, I, I don't know. There were a couple others that he threw that didn't get picked that went through the hands. He had one that went through the hands of two different defenders on one play, and they weren't able to pick it. I know it was a wet ball on a crazy weather day. This is the stat that you referenced. I just got to thinking, when the season started, we're basically looking at the roster, and by this time they'd even gotten Julio Jones. Now, we didn't know, none of us really knew what the Titans would get from him, and they had acquired Bud Dupree, and well, there's this lingering knee thing that actually happened in December of last year. That's not that long. We're still not a year out from it. We're yeah. still not a year out from his knee surgery. So, but Blaine and I were talking about questions, and, and Blaine said this, and I had written down something similar, but he said, really, my question is, if the stuff hits the fan, and Blaine, if you're listening, hopefully I paraphrase this correctly, could Tannehill just take over a game? Could Tannehill just take over a game? Because we went back to, do you know what the worst offensive game, scoring-wise, the Titans had last year was? The one they scored the least points? I can't even remember. The playoff game against the Ravens. Wow. Scored okay. 13 points. It's the lowest amount of points they scored all year. Because they, Derrick Henry was eight, 18 for 40 in that game. I know I don't even have totally to look. Totally took him out of it. They took him out of the game, beat us, Ryan Tannehill. They, could, they, they couldn't do it. So then I started thinking, okay, they get down. And Mike Vrabel, I, Lucas, I know you got some audio from Vrabel from today, but another thing Mike Vrabel essentially said today was, in the second half of that game, they had the score separated. They were just like, we're going to run it three times and get three yards a pop, whatever we have to do. We'll punt it and we'll just play defense and see what happens. And he said, and they did, and that's they were successful doing it. Meanwhile, the Titans couldn't get anything going. But while Tannehill was throwing it all over the yard, I just thought, this never seems to go well. This is the modern NFL. I I, I think I looked, and Tom Brady averages like 41 and a half passes per game. Good. But I thought, that's not who the Titans are. I mean, heck, uh, against New Orleans, they ran it 29 and threw it 27, even with no king. That's just who they – for what 66 yards they just are who they are so I thought what is Tannehill's record when he throws it 40 or more times well there's pro football uh reference you can go there and you can you can sort games and players careers in any number of ways it's amazing I love that website in the modern NFL to me 40 is not even a lot no and I'm surprised that in his career he's only thrown it 40 times 25 times he's thrown it 40 times 25 times He's 5 and 20 in those games with 33 wow. interceptions. I'm sorry. Yeah, 5 and 20 with 33 interceptions. So more than one interception per game, which is career since he's been with the Titans, we looked at the beginning of the year. He was down to one interception every two games was his average, and his interception average with the Dolphins was about an interception a game or so, but it had dropped down significantly since all of his metrics were up since he'd come to the Titans. Um but he's 5-20 and 20 with 33 interceptions when he has 40 or more pass attempts. So what is your analysis of that? Well, sometimes it's the score just gets separated and you threw it and you couldn't catch up. So maybe... Maybe 10 of those are that. So it could just be things that were beyond... The defense didn't have a good day. Offense stalled on a couple of early drives. The other team scored early. The score got separated and they just started chucking it all over. But there are just NFL games each week that you watch and you pay attention and the team gets down a little bit, and they start winging it around and come back and win the game. And the Titans just didn't ultimately have the horsepower to do it. So 
they, then the chicken or the egg thing happens. And this is the argument from people. Well, he doesn't have anybody to throw to. That's true. They're down to, you know, practice squad guys and Dez, who's been active two weeks. I get that. So then, to me, it because it, it, this is like a ladder, and I keep climbing up and down it, just trying to make some sense of what happened. There was a big discussion last week. There was an ESPN poll of NFL reporters about who should be the MVP. And they had Ryan Tannehill as a rising candidate, which on their list made him number nine. Just for all the categories, he was number nine. So then we look, let's go to the, where it's not objective at all, where it's just all numerical. Vegas, what do they say? FanDuel had odds, and he was up to number 10 best mm-hmm. odds as MVP for FanDuel. So he was, he was a top 10 MVP candidate. And to me, if you look at him, he seems like an awesome guy. He seems like a great team leader. Wouldn't throw anybody under the bus yesterday. He could have said, yeah, there was some miscommunication on the routes. We'll work on it. He said, it all comes down on me. That's what a leader does. But an MVP caliber quarterback wins that game yesterday. Wins the game. Yeah. That, to me, that's, that's the only difference. Tannehill's greatest stat is that he wins. They win with Tannehill. And I'll take a quarterback who wins ugly, who wins with whatever. I, I, there are so many great things to love about him. But name Tom Brady's receivers all those years. And people go, okay, you can't count Tom Brady in any discussion. He's his own category. Okay, name who Aaron Rodgers has had for receivers. That's a great point. That's a great point. Name, take the very best of the very best. And it doesn't matter who the receivers are. They find ways. And if the Titans signed anybody on Green Bay's roster not named Devontae Adams to play, we'd all, tell, we'd all sit here and talk about that receiver being terrible and what a disappointment he is because they're not good. But you're right. I think that's a great analysis, and I've not heard it. I think that was a very eloquent way to, to put that out there. And basically, you know, you're right. His best stat is that he wins. And I'll take that. I'll take a quarterback who wins. But if you take the quarterback who is best at is winning, just know you're not going to throw it 44 times in the rain and probably beat somebody. And so I guess the question then is, let's just, you know, would take a – you know, they're going to have a great season this year, hopefully, and, and this is just way too early to talk about this. But when you no longer have Derrick Henry, is Ryan Tannehill still a great quarterback? I mean, you talk about a question that's been asked plenty of times. We're just rephrasing it in the course of a different debate, and we've got to take a break here. But – it does make you wonder that. And for the first time in a while yesterday, I kind of left that game and wondered that. Also agree. The guys that they are running out there are practice squad level players. Yeah. Well, let's get into this some more on the other side. You want to sound off on it, you can tweet us at Blaine and Mickey. You can give us your opinion. We also need to uh, – it's ding-dong time, as it is every Monday. We'll do our ding-dong of the week segment coming up, brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. It's all coming up. It's a, uh, it is a Titans Monday, talking a whole lot of Titans right here on Blaine and Mickey with special guest Hope, Alex Apple. Blaine and Mickey Monday. Uh, th- this, this is our new theme music for Ding Dong of the Week. So we're having this discussion last week, and Blaine says, by the way, Alex Apple uh, filling in for Blaine. So Blaine says, we need a theme song for this, Lucas. And just out of nowhere in my head, I thought, what about keep their heads ringing? And so Lucas just quickly dialed that up. I think JT put that in the box years ago. And so, boom, Lucas finds it and starts playing it. Um, but we needed a song that said Ding Dong, and this song says Ding Dong over and over again. 
<laughs> of which there's probably not that many. There, how many songs could there be that say ding dong over and over? By the way, I've been listening to this song a lot lately. It's a really good Who song. Who is that by? He's driving around. It's, it's Dr. Dre. Dre. And the video for this is killer. But this song is, it's an earworm. I mean, once you hear it, you'll be walking down the street singing, ring a ding, 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 you dong. Need to get, you need to get Slay to do one of those gifts where he puts you guys' head on, you know, a, a scene from that, that music video. <laughs> well, it's from the movie Friday. Like, this is on the movie oh, Friday okay. soundtrack, so I'd be okay with Perfect. the GIF. You can put it right yeah, in there. Yeah, from Friday. Tweet that out every time. Oh, gosh. Ding, dong, we week, just had so. a GIF, GIF standoff right here on the show. What, it, what is it? Is it GIF, GIF. or GIF? GIF. GIF. We're still having the standoff. Let's not do this. Both of you are young. I figured one of you would know the right answer for this, and you're arguing with each other. This isn't like you're arguing with the old person about it. Yeah. It not the argument the guy who did it says it's Jif? Yes, that's my argument. The guy who invented it says it's Jif. Why couldn't you have just – it? was he afraid of copyright infringement with the peanut butter? Is that why he didn't go with the J? Or why not just call it a Steve? Doesn't it stand for or something? A, a blarf or just and make up a name for it. Look, Stands for like lack of graphic something something. <laughs> I mean, just change one letter. Okay, I, I don't know. GIF. But if else? graphic starts with G, how come it's not GIF? I'm Is it the world's mystery? I, 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 either has to be acceptable at this point, right? Do we accept either one? I mean, if we were on Jeopardy, what is a GIF or what is a GIF? Would you accept Personal either preference. one? Rest in peace, Alex. A shout out. The big game show in the sky there for Alex Trebek. Um, all right, ding dong of the week. We'll continue this Titans discussion as well. By the way, this is one of those weird, like, we were talking, I was talking to Lucas last night, and I'm like, we're getting ready to do the post game. It, it's a complete disaster outside. Titans have lost to the Texans, who had lost eight in a row, who had scored single digits in three of the past four games, who hadn't scored a road TD since week two. I mean, it's just one thing after another. You just can't believe that the opposite of that happened. And he's like, you know, if you're, if you're a Vols fan, though, you had a pretty good weekend. I mean, they got smacked around by Villanova, but then they beat North Carolina. Oh, sure, when you, can, when you consider basketball as well. Yeah, and, then, and the football team is bowl eligible. And they did exactly what they were supposed to do against South Al. They, they just beat them up, which is what you're supposed to do. You don't let them hang around in the game. You just start taking care of your business. And I think that's going to be a mark of the Hypel era, and I think that offense sort of ensures this in some way, while nothing's a sure thing. When you play a team like South Alabama, that offense is going it's, to – it's too fast. They're not going to get lined up, and they're not going to have the talent to overcome any sort of deficiencies and – um, getting lined up or, or playing with that speed. I also just saw a good tweet somebody just sent. The Titans have already got the beginning of their championship uh, video that they put out on social media. They can get Keyshawn talking about them. The Jets lost. The Texans lost. Mm-hmm. Only to rise from the glory and win whatever they're going to ultimately win. Uh, you you know, that's got to be the hope. They bookended those six wins with a Jets loss and a Texans loss. Who've won, what, two games each? Have the Jets won twice? Yeah. Yes, they they've have. won. They've You're won right. twice. They they won. A, a, but it a, happens. The Bills lost to the Jaguars. Yeah. Well, we had people calling in last week saying well, they should just rest people, and we're like, this is in South Alabama. This you don't rest people. We had people, oh. multiple people called in last week, and this may lead you to your ding dong. Exactly. Most people. Call, we had more than one person who called in last week and said they should rest people. Are we doing ding dongs right now? Let's roll into ding dongs right. right now because Cuzzo Mike's on, and we're going to get him in a minute, but. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, let's do the ding-dong. Well, here's my ding-dong. I'll start it off. Okay. Uh, I, 
since I'm filling in, I'll warm everybody up and then you guys can really lay the hammer. He's called in twice today. (laughs) I heard him on the morning show. I heard he called Buck. Rob or Ron from Nashville. I can't remember. Rob. Stop it. They're not going to play Logan Woodside against the Patriots. And if they do, because I paid for tickets to go up there, I will be furious. But they're not going to, and it's a terrible idea. Because in the NFL, this last week is the ultimate example. It is so hard to win. Anybody can win any game, like it or not. The Bucks could go lose to the Texans. It can happen. The Bills lost to the Jaguars. The Titans improved it twice. I honestly like the Titans with their backs up against the wall. And I think that's when Mike Vrabel coaches the best, so stop it. They're not playing Logan Woodside and resting Ryan Tannehill. And that's not the first person I've seen suggest that. Somebody else on radio, not on this station, on the second week of the year tweeted when they were going to Seattle, should they play Logan Woodside because Ryan Tannehill is going to get killed because he just did against the Cardinals. People cannot actually be thinking that, Mickey. We had a call to suggest that Rams week. That they just, we had a caller last night who asked, why didn't they just put in, try to get a spark from Logan Woodside? We're like, it, it, it doesn't work that way. This isn't, you know, Louisiana Tech playing Marshall. That, that you don't do that. You, you just, you, you just don't do that. Follow not, up. not with an established starter like Tannehill. If you were trying to figure out who your starter was, maybe sure. you'd flip flop the guys. Not a team with an established starter. You just don't do it. Follow up, ding dong. All of the Titans fans in the stands yesterday, of which I am one. Stop. Yelling on fourth down when they're going for it. I think it cost them a, a false start. Did it not yesterday? I think they did have one false start. On, on a fourth, on fourth down. One. I remember this. It was in like the first quarter. It was the first time. And then the second time. Here we go again. Fourth and three. Everybody stands up. Please be quiet. We're all smart football fans at this point, or we can at least act like it and play like we are on Sunday. Stop yelling on fourth down. Those are my ding-dongs of the week. They need the little graphic they used to show that said, quiet, please, offense at work. Remember those? Or something similar. Like a guy with a little sign, quiet, please. Um, let's get a couple of ding-dongs over the phone here. MarkSpain.com is where you go to get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing. Or as we like to say, don't be a ding-dong. Use Mark Spain Real Estate. Meanwhile, we go to the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. He really has a handle on this segment of the show. Cuzzo Mike wants to share his ding-dong with us. Cuzzo, let's, uh, let's hear about your ding-dong. Uh, yeah, man. So uh, my ding-dong is a really big one. For, you know, everybody, mainly Ron Slay. Let me just be real. Wow. Ron Slay, man. Oh, I'm calling out Slay. I'm, I'm doing, I know you can hear me, Slay. Slay, yay. I got this. That's my ding dong for the week. Because all year long, he has been hating my embrace the underdog. Hated it. And now you should see why. I've been saying embrace the underdog, baby. We're going to be underdogs going into this Patriots game. The homie just said it. We like, you just said it. Like going to this game with our back against the wall. We got a chip on our shoulder. We got something to prove. That's when the Titans come out and they shock and all. I've been telling it since the offseason. Cuz on Mike, I said it. Lucas or whoever I was talking to, that Boosie Collins song on the Friday soundtrack is called You Got Me Wide Open. Check that one out, too. I love y'all. Great show. Deuces. Peace. I'm out. <laughs> Oh, just blasting poor Ron Slay, who got caught in the shrapnel, the crossfire there. Holy cow. Uh, whew, man. I love right. that I got the homie, too. 
as the as the kind of sort of almost anonymous fill in unless you listen to the first hour of the show. I do love the Titans when they come from behind or when they're having to play with their backs against the wall. They always it would be it would be so tight to go up there thing, and whoop the, the most favorable thing ever is to go up there and win the Patriots game Absolutely. with the same cast of characters that finish this one on Sunday. Absolutely, because like Marcus Johnson doesn't look like that guy's going to be back. Who knows about AJ? No There's a report AJ. from Ian Rappaport that he's got an X rays and it was so far so good. But there were more tests to come. That was earlier. We can read you the full tweet later. But let's uh, continue these uh, ding dongs on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Silas in Nolensville next. Silas, let's hear about your ding dong. Hey, hey, how are y'all doing, man? Good. Doing good. Uh, good, good, good. Yeah, I just want to say it's the for all the fans and everybody last week that were trying to name the get get a name for the Titans uh, defensive front. <laughs> Anytime we put any uh, uh, exclamation to our team, I've been a lifelong fan since the team got here. And anytime anybody starts to bring us up, we do what we did yesterday. So, you know, just just let's get a win and and not try to be all fancy about it. <laughs> Silas, oh, I, I, I th- I'm sorry, Silas. He may have had another piece of his ding-dong there he wanted to share. The whole nickname thing, my response to that was about the defense. They were like, what, 23rd or something overall in total defense? You can't have a nickname unless you're in the top five. You could have named the defensive line. Sure. But that, isn't that what it started as? And then it morphed into this crazy. It, it did. I, I'm, I'm not big on nick. If you're not like number one, then I, 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 I you know, if you're the purple people leaders sacks or the steel curtains. Games. Uh, yeah, I know. But Tyrod Taylor, he got. They lost outside contain a couple times on him, which is basically what Vrabel said. You know, he got asked about the defense line. He goes, he got outside of us. That's He got outside of us. And that happened on more than one. Just, just keep playing well. If you have a Super Bowl ring on, you don't even need a nickname. Your name will be Super Bowl champion for the rest That's of right. your life. That's a great point. That's a great nickname. You know whose defense you champion. name? The Patriots. The number one scoring defense in the league that's caused 13 turnovers in the past five games. That's yeah. what I'd be naming. That they're 5-0 and in the last five games. Uh, Jimmy in Lebanon up next with a ding-dong for us. Hey, Jimmy. Excuse me while I whip this out. My ding-dong of the week would be to Lamoron James for after throwing that sucker punch elbow to Isaiah Stewart. You're running like a little scared girl because he was about to tear your head off. Nothing but a punk. Jimmy, appreciate the phone call. Uh, boy, things are getting weird in Lakerland. Well, well, welcome to the Russ Westbrook experience. Yeah. I mean, where he goes, so it follows. Well, I, we don't talk a whole lot of NBA on this show. We got two hours. We play the hits mostly. But Giannis and the Bucks winning it last year with a team of people. I love all it. the super teams. I've never rooted harder for anybody than I did for the Bucks to win last. Well, I'd say that, but I, I, as much as I would root for anything going on in the NBA, I rooted for the Bucks because I thought, what a slap in the face to everybody who keeps trying to build a super team. They just built a team with chemistry in Milwaukee, which is like Nashville on the pro sports market, not sexy, and they won a championship. So let that be like fuel for the fire for every mid-major market team that there is. That's the model to follow. You're just never going to attract. You're never going to be sexy like the Rams who have 15 star players that everybody would recognize. I don't even know if half the people you could. Ryan Tannehill could walk down Hollywood Boulevard right now and most people wouldn't recognize. Oh, I I believe that. Um, 
They might know him after yesterday, though, as much as his mug was splashed all over the place. Uh, Lucas, I'd see him in there taking a deep breath. Uh, Lucas, your, your ding-dong of the week. Who have you got? Sounds like a broken record. My ding-dong of the week is SEC officiating for the end of the Auburn-South Carolina game. <sighs> Two minutes and change left. South Carolina punting the football. Auburn set to get it back around their 15 or so yard line. Down 21-17, try and go and win. Big game for South Carolina. They end up getting the win, and they're bowl eligible. Auburn falls to 6-5. Six and five. They'll probably be 6-6 six and six if they lose to uh, Alabama in the Iron Bowl. But the punt comes down and allegedly glances off the knee of an Auburn player on, punt, on the punt return team. South Carolina falls on it, and they're screaming. They have the football. They call it Auburn ball. They go back and review and overturn the call. There is absolutely no way there was enough evidence to overturn that call when you go back and look at it. I encourage anybody to go back and look at it right now. There's absolutely no way that there should have been enough evidence to overturn. That's my ding-dong of the week. Yeah, Lucas stays fired up about some SEC. How could – you can always talk about it. It's the gift that keeps on giving. How could they be that consistently bad? And and it's not like you watch a whole game and you're like, yeah, they missed a holding call or they probably could have called P.I. there. They're egregious, game-changing, mind-numbingly stupid things that happen in SEC games week after week that you're just like, how does a field full of people miss that? It decided the game because South Carolina gets the football. Two minutes left, Auburn with no timeouts. They take a knee and it's over. I mean, it was, they showed every angle you could possibly show. They slowed it down as much as you possibly could. And maybe it did hit his knee, but there was just absolutely no way you could overturn the call on the field. I thought it was, I was blown away when they gave the ball to South Carolina. Well, uh, now the Vols Ole Miss game has been shrouded in the, you know, what happened towards the end. But the, you know, Matt Corral being, you know, in the grasp, uh, the fumble that was returned in the very first quarter. I mean, just the first quarter. If that had happened on the last drive of the game, there'd be everybody would have been talking about it for a week straight because it happens the first quarter. You forget about it. But you're, I think you're right. There are and it never got explained. Game, never. They never even explained plays. that. They just. The Ole Miss essentially just just stopped playing like it never happened. Kudos to them. They did. Oh, we were just done with that play. Okay, good deal. Yeah, uh, my ding dong on the week is uh, maybe this is low hanging fruit, as it were. Uh, Dan Mullen. Ooh. Ever since the shoe got Pick a tossed, man while he's down. Well, ever since that shoe got thrown against LSU, the way that game ended. Since that game, including that game. He's five and nine since the game where the shoe got thrown. And there's been all the off field stuff and the stuff that he said. By the way, Eli Drinkwitz body bagged him <laughs> with his well placed uh lightsaber for the post game where he, you know, put a towel over his head to look like the Emperor Darth Vader and pulled a lightsaber out of the lectern that he had planned to put there. Because you don't just that doesn't just appear there. He body bagged Mullen. But he's five and nine, including that game, the shoe game. He went twenty-one and five in his first two years at Florida. I don't know what's going to happen, Lucas. I heard you and Buck discussing this earlier. Florida needs somebody who will relentlessly recruit. And I think, what did you say? He need Mullen would need to go somewhere where he would be maybe a an NFL coordinator or or somewhere where he just wouldn't have to relentlessly recruit and and call plays and just do what he does best. Yeah, like you took the answer from Kirby Smart in the press conference after the world's largest outdoor cocktail party where Kirby Smart talks about you can't out-coach good players, right? You can't out-coach recruiting. 
and then Dan Mullins was, guys, we'll talk about recruiting after the season. That's all you really needed to know about Dan Mullen and how he's going to do at Florida. That should be their number one, two, and three uh, bullet points to check off when they're getting their new coach. You know who else can have a seat? The entire Pac-12 conference. You watched the Oregon game at all this weekend? Caught just a little bit of it. I stopped watching. because The fact that they were the number three. They wouldn't be the number three team in the SEC West. I'm glad that whole conference is eliminated. I'd actually like to see Cincinnati in it. We were I talking about strength of schedule, but I can't wait to hear what the excuse is for Cincinnati to be number five It'll be tonight. Something. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait for that. Uh, Carl is on next. Carl, we do need to take a break so we can stay on schedule when we come back. Uh, if you've still got a ding dong of the week you want to share, we can do that. Cousin Andrew says, "Is this Blaine and Mickey or a fraternity house?" Hey, it's ding dong of the week, man. We don't write what happens; it's all unscripted. It happens as it happens. Well, hang on, man. we'll get to you after the break. It is Blaine and Mickey. Special guest host Alex Apple on one zero four five The Zone. Tannehill's going to give Hilliard a carry, and he is going to be flipped down for a big loss by Collins. And Mike Vrabel says that'll be enough of this. That's enough. The Texans come to Nashville and up in the Titans 22-13. to It's the way it sounded on Titans Radio here on The Zone and everywhere you consume uh, Titans Radio, the best in the business. The Texans beat the Titans. A lot of times, I think I'm guilty of saying the Titans lose to so-and-so. No, the Texans came in and beat them. They beat them 22-13. to There's no doubt they beat them. They they forced five turnovers. They didn't turn the ball over any. Titans were unable to sack Terod Taylor. They got a couple of sacks on Tannehill. Uh, They beat them. They beat them 22 to 13. Let's get one more uh, ding dong of the week segment in Carl in Tennessee was kind enough to hold through the break. Carl, how you doing, man? I'm pretty good. What you got for us? Uh, my ding dong is Blaine and Mickey for bringing up Tannehill in the MVP talk. Oh, here's the thing, Carl, though. You're the second guy that said this. We, somebody tweeted us. We didn't bring it up. We just said that it had been brought up. We didn't think he was an MVP candidate. I mean, against the Saints, the defense won. And then he turned over the ball four times yesterday. Yeah. Hey, Carl, I I agree with you. We did not say he was an MVP candidate in our eyes. We didn't think he was an MVP candidate. The thing that we brought, and thank you for the call, the thing that we brought up was he's up to number 10 on the FanDuel betting odds. And there's a poll on ESPN of insiders that has him up to number nine and neither one of us considered him an MVP candidate despite all that. So, I mean, I appreciate you listening, but you can give us your ding-dong anytime. But we that's not what we well, said. Well, I wonder if it's the reverse of the national guys that dog the Titans, Keyshawn saying they're not a real 8-2 and two team or what whatever they were. Mean? Is it the reverse? The, the same guys that are dogging them because they're not actually watching them also are putting Ryan Tannehill in that conversation. They're not actually watching them. He's just the quarterback of the 8-2 and two team. And I would also add, not to pile on, but the intentional grounding at the end of the first half that cost him at least a chance at a field goal is basically like another turnover because it runs 10 seconds off the clock in the game and the, the, you're to the half without at least giving Randy Bullock a chance. I don't know if he'd have made it yesterday in the rain, but it's pretty much another turnover because you lose a chance. What made Tannehill Tannehill at his best was how efficient he was. Those 10 games or what? 
uh, 10 games that he started in 2019, his efficiency metrics were off the chart. Like everything that you could measure the efficiency of a quarterback, yards per completion and yards per attempt and his touchdown percentage was higher and his interception percentage was lower. He was off the charts on all of those metrics, all of them. And so next year, if you remember in 2020, last year, Alex, the national narrative on Tannehill was, that's not who he is. He'll crash back down to earth. And ultimately, he didn't. He wasn't efficient in 2019, but he was still very efficient. All those numbers have kind of gone back down towards, I mean, heck, he leads the league in interceptions right now. But he had been not the highest yardage, not the most, because they, the Titans throw it like bottom, typically bottom three, four, five teams in the NFL for pass attempts. Seattle's always last. They just don't throw the ball. But the Titans are always right down near the bottom of total pass attempts for a team. So he's not going to get the opportunity to rack up big numbers. He was just so efficient when he threw it. That seems to have gone out the window this year. So again, it becomes that chicken and egg thing. Well, you would be inefficient too if you were throwing to these guys, you know, the guys he has healthy enough to throw to. But his efficiency numbers have really plummeted. And it's the turnovers that are the, you know, seminal statistics showing that. I still think he's the same guy, though. I mean, quite frankly, Corey Davis and Jonu Smith, who, they were hurt. They had their injury problems in their tenure in Tennessee. But they were largely available last year and the year before that. when In conjunction with A.J. Brown, that made a pretty good trio. And so... You bring in Julio Jones, no question when he's healthy is probably better than either of those players. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame for a reason. But he's not been available. So that is a negative step back, a negative. You lose Conklin two years ago. That's a negative at the right tackle position ever since then. They've tried, gloriously tried, terribly tried to get a right tackle. It's not worked in the draft twice. You also now lose your starting tight end. You lose Corey Davis, you replace him with somebody, but now you're back below him. I mean, there's, you know, discernible step backs that the Titans have taken that, to me, make it understandable why Ryan Tannehill wouldn't be playing well. Because he is what he is. Mm -hmm. He is not an MVP. He's a really good quarterback that when he has good players around him in the right situation, could be really, really good and could be borderline special in the right moments. But he's not, I mean... If he were to come out the rest of the season and win the Titans some games, it would be the first string of st- stretch like that that I think he's had in a Titans uniform. They have won with him, but I don't think they've won solely because of him, and that's the distinction you were making earlier. Well, there's a, a Derrick Henry hasn't played in three weeks. He's still tied for the – this is the truth. I, I found this by accident today looking for something else. Derrick Henry is tied for the NFL lead in touches still, and he has not played a game in three full weeks. He's got 237 touches. He's still tied for first with Najee Harris of the Steelers. Wow. he's That's how lenient they are. Makes you wonder what Derrick the heck Henry. Frank Reich is doing in Indianapolis, not giving Jonathan Taylor the ball. Well, but Frank Reich's the greatest coach in the world. Just ask anybody. So, so is their GM. Oh, my god, He did on Sunday. 32 carries. Yeah, in the game. Uh, Five touchdowns. Hope you had him on your fantasy team. I, I, I will say this. I if I was the Titans or anybody, I would not want any part of the Indianapolis Colts right now. Maybe the luckiest scheduling thing that they had was to get them out of the way early. Well, and same with the Chiefs. Yeah. The Chiefs look a lot better right now. So much of the NFL because it is so tight. And, you know, 
one to two guys can really make a difference, you know, in any given Sunday. Um, when you play teams, it makes a big difference in your season. Let's get Tony in Nashville real quick on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Tony, hey, uh, thanks for joining Blaine and Mickey. What's going on? Oh, man, everything good, dude, and it's the best thing going. Uh, I just want to say, you know, he holds all his efficiency to Derrick Henry. My problem with yesterday's game is, is that when you seen that you wasn't sucking the linebackers up when you was going play action, you should have made adjustment. If Ryan Fennell didn't recognize that, the offensive coordinator should have recognized it. And they never adjusted to it. Now, as far as the the interceptions, man, he threw, uh, by right, he threw about, Seven interceptions yesterday. He threw it to three Texans, and the boys just dropped the ball. And most of the ones that was intercepting the ball, they knew their patterns. They knew the routes they was going to run underneath the slants. And that's all they did was fall back up under that. They should have they adjusted to that, and they just never did. Tony, appreciate the phone call. I think it was football, another F-Words podcast. Uh they put out something earlier, the pro football focus numbers. I have to look it up for play action in a game. And anytime it's been below 10%, they've lost. It was like nine and change percent yesterday. I don't know if you saw that or not. But at some point, we were sitting in the studio, and I think Lucas even said, gosh, have they done any play action at all today? And they really didn't do much yesterday, um, and, and they lost again. Even without the king, this offense still seems to need play action to really – Function at its We've not level. brought them up yet, but the offensive line deserves discussion. They're not opening any holes, and that there you go. That's an iteration. Second one, third and one, fourth and one. I uh, couldn't get one yesterday in three tries. Uh, all right, hour number two coming up. Blaine and Mickey special guest Alex Apple. Lots of uh, discussion in the uh, in the Zone TV chat today. Uh, phone lines open if you want to call and and talk on this. Well, we've had a lot of victory Mondays. This is not one of them for the Tennessee Titans. Phone lines open, Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, 615-737-1045.